0: Well, howdy, y'all, and welcome to another episode of The Daily Grind. I'm your host, John Spencer, and joining me this week for the brew your brain and sharpen your wit is my favorite sister in the whole wide world, Carla Cochran. Hello, Daily Grind Nation. I am his only sister, but yes, favorite. (laughs) Still my favorite. And you're my my favorite brother also. (laughs) So, um, and again, on the Daily Grind, we're going to give you some things to brew your brain as we run down on a few historical events and run down on today's dates. Give you a chance to sharpen your wit as we throw out some random musings just to get your brain gears turning this morning. And then we'll hopefully have a chance to enhance your faith. We'll talk about the Bible and what it means to walk with Jesus. So grab a mug of your favorite brew and join us on this edition of the daily grind let's get that show on the road and now it's that time on the daily grind to brew your brain it's friday Woo! july 14th and on this day in 1789 the start of the french revolution began Ooh. also celebrated as Bastille day Mm-hmm in France in 1853 on this day America's first major world's fair the exhibition of the industry of all nations opened in New York City people didn't have branding down quite <laughs> right in 1853 what should we call it the exhibition of the industry of all nations yeah it's a lot of typesetting rolls right off the tongue Uh, On this day in 1874, the Little Chicago Fire burned down 47 acres of the city and destroyed 812 buildings and killed 20. Oh, that's terrible. I I know. And here's in context, it it is terrible because just three years earlier in 1871, there was the Great Chicago Fire. Mm. And it covered four square miles. That's 2,560 acres Mm -hmm. and destroyed 17,500 buildings. And it killed over 300 and it left 90,000. That's one in three Chicago residents homeless. Mm. And then just three years later, another one. So Mm. Um, in 1881, on this day, Billy, the kid was shot and killed by pat garrett outside fort sumner Mm. and in 1960 on this day jane goodall arrived in the Gombe stream reserve tanzania to begin her study of chimpanzees in the wild okay there you go and july 14th is bastille day yes it's national grand mariner day okay it's national mac and cheese day (laughs) yum yum it's national tape measure day oh i like a tape measure that's good i do too you know i will say though i don't know the summer that um i spent with uncle Lent and aunt margaret out on cattle lake Mm -hmm. um i still have it by the way um he gave me like a little tool Pouch, you know, with a hammer and a tape measure and stuff to help him, you know, build those pole bars or whatever. Uh-huh. And he had, this is just how Henri was, he had <laughs> taken and snipped the first inch <laughs> off that tape measure and then rebratted <laughs> the little holder thing on it. So everything that I measured, he would go measure that for me and he would go, What are you doing? Like, that's an inch. <laughs> it's like, and I hate to admit how long it took me to go, I know I got that wrong. Right oh that sounds about right (laughs) oh my goodness gracious that's that's our that's our family it's also (laughs) pandemonium day yes (laughs) and it is shark awareness day oh gosh okay which for those of us in north central texas Mm -hmm. you never ever (laughs) let your guard down when it comes to shark awareness right okay be alert. Oh. Yes, because the world needs more. Alerts. Alerts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to sharpen your wit. Just get your brain gears turning. Uh, Carla, did you know that the Tower of London is wider than it is high? Yes, actually. I didn't know that. I know. I never when you look at it, you you, I you expect something else. When Mm -hmm. you hear Tower of London and Mm -hmm. you see it, you're going, I'm not sure that you know what a tower is. (laughs) (laughs) That word doesn't mean maybe what you think it does. Yeah. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. In dirty dancing, do you know baby's real name? No. I know most of us just know that you can't put her in a corner. <laughs> Francis. Francis. That was the Baby's real name, in Dirty Dancing. I will. Um, to- did you know that there is only one country between North Korea and Norway? No. Russia. Russia. It's big. It's big. Yeah. Norway <laughs> has a little bitty border with Russia. North Korea has a little bitty North border with North Russia. Country. It's like just, just one country between uh, North Korea and Norway. Yep. You're right. So, did you do you know what they call the sleeve on the outside of your cardboard coffee cup? Mm, the sleeve? <laughs> <laughs> the sleeve. Yes, that is true. That is what we call them. Its, it's technical term is a zarf. No, how do you spell it? Z A R F. Okay. Did and not I know that it actually comes from the 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 glass tea glasses used to be in like little metal holders in yes. like turkey and stuff and I think that's a zarf. So but the the sleeve around a hot container is is a zarf. So I'm going to use that. I'm going to use yeah, that. Yeah, start asking for zarfs. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you have the zarf for this cup? <sighs> Down at the QT. Yes. Oh, Carla, you know, I wrote these out before I knew that you were going to be co hosting oh. for me. And I'm so excited because oh. here's one. Here's one that's very uh, adjacent to your interest. Mm-hmm. I think it's sad that parallel lines have so much in common, but they'll never meet. They'll never meet because they have the same slope. <laughs> that is correct. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And here's 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 another one, too. You know that there is a fine line between a numerator and a denominator, but only a fraction of the people listening are going to get that. (laughs) Oh, but I love it. Oh, my goodness gracious. (laughs) Math teachers rule. (laughs) You know, Carla, we were talking earlier about just all the butterflies that you guys are having and that we're having in our gardens. Yes. But when you think about it, you know, butterflies are not what they used to be. No, they're not. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, they're very inspirational. So, you know, I have a pen that writes underwater. I mean, it can write other words, too. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Hey, Carla, thanks for joining me this whole week. Um, on, uh, on the brew and sharpened parts of the daily grind. I have so enjoyed it. It's been my pleasure. My grinds, no, my gears are sharper. <laughs> gears my, are gears, grinding. My, my gears have, have been ground. My... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Something's smoking. I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, my thanks. Pleasure. Yeah, and uh, we will do this again sometime, I hope. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. You bet. Have a great one. And now it's that time on the daily grind to enrich your faith. We're looking at some questions that Jesus asked and he asked a lot of questions in his time on earth. We said yesterday that by one estimate, he asked a total of 307 questions throughout the gospels. That's just the ones that we know about because they were recorded. That number's probably a lot higher. And in contrast, Jesus answered shockingly few questions that were asked to him. We only have eight recorded answers that Jesus gave to questions. So it would seem that the questions Jesus asked were far more important to him than the answers that he gave. Yesterday, we looked at Jesus asking questions of invitation. And today, we're going to look at Jesus asking questions of identity in Mark 8. 27 through 29 Luke 9 18 through 20 and Matthew 16 13 through 15 we have Jesus asking this question who do people say I am now Jesus asked his disciples who do people say I am some say John the Baptist they answered but others say that you're Elijah and some say you're one of the prophets And then he turned to them and he asked them, but what about you? Who do you say I am? What an interesting question for Jesus to ask. Our Jesus was not asking that question because he was insecure about or worried about being popular. It's not that Jesus was really curious about what people thought of him. After all, he already knew their thoughts. Jesus was really after something else. What we believe about god matters more than anything else in life and that's why jesus asked this question jesus knew that what the disciples believed about him would affect how they would live their lives going forward their theology their understanding of god mattered it mattered then and it matters right now so jesus had a theological conversation with his disciples jesus is using these questions of identity to point his followers to where their identity lies. These questions Jesus asked were directed at helping his followers see who he really was and the implications that it held for them. Our identity as followers of Jesus is based on Jesus. You've seen people who follow something that they call Jesus, but is not the real Jesus. Yeah. We need to know Jesus. And know who he is again rather than just telling them who he was and what to believe Jesus used a question to help them truly understand who he was when we are told a fact it's not really ours when we have to stop and process to arrive at a conclusion it becomes part of who we are that's what Jesus is doing he's causing his followers to pause and contemplate who he really is. He first asked them a fairly easy question. Who do people say that I am? Well, some say John the Baptist they answered, and others Elijah and still others. It's a pretty easy question because they're just sharing what they hear rather than what they believe. This wouldn't be a difficult question for any of us to answer or for anyone else for that matter. But then Jesus asked his disciples the harder question, the more important question, Who do you say I am now? We might think that's an easy question too. I mean, Jesus is the Messiah. He's the son of the living God. We all know that we know the answer to this question. I mean, we've heard it in Sunday school. We know this stuff. We've heard it a lot in sermons, but Jesus wants more than a Sunday school answer. And he's not interested in us being Jesus Wikipedia and knowing a lot of things about him, Jesus wants us to answer this question with our heart, not just our head, and answer it with our soul and with our very life. Pause for a minute and just hear Jesus ask you today, what about you? Who do you say I am? How would you answer him? And is your life reflecting that answer? What do you believe about God, really? I mean, what do you believe about Jesus? This question and how we answer it matters more than anything else in this world, I believe. Where is your theology? I think it's just as important as what our answer to Jesus' question is. I think we should also consider when and where we ask it and answer it. John, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm glad you asked. I mean that this question demands an answer, not just in a pew or a classroom, but we need to answer this question in a hospital room, not just in our homes, but at a funeral home, not just on Sunday mornings, but during those nights when we struggle to get to sleep because of the things that are giving us worry and anxiety. This question demands an answer, not just when life is going well, but when life is falling apart. That is when theology's rubber meets the road. That's when it really matters. That's when what we truly believe about God matters. That's when our faith is tested and proven. And when the answer is not just words, but when it is life, well, theology is more important there than than it is in any sermon or classroom there's another piece of this question that's critically important in matthew 16 after peter answered this question jesus told him that on this truth and reality that he would build his church and that the gates of hell would not stand against it this is the very first time that jesus uses the word church in the gospels i think that's significant don't you the church may not be perfect I mean, no gathering of broken people is. But it is Jesus' plan for the world. He began the church to share the gospel with all the world and to bring salvation and healing and hope and peace and justice and love in his name to the very ends of the earth. And he promises that as we do this, the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. What we believe about God matters more than anything else in the world. And the time to wrestle with this is right now. It's time to wrestle with what we believe God is doing in our world today and with what we are being called to do in our world today as followers of Jesus. In the midst of all we are going through in our world, we need to confess our faith and trust in jesus with all of our heart soul mind and strength that he is the savior of the world the son of the living god who promises to be able to calm every storm who offers us peace that surpasses understanding who is eager to hear our every prayer and who assures us that he will be with us always, even to the end of the age. That's who Jesus is. Jesus, we just thank you that that's who you are. If we haven't told you today, sir, we just tell you that we love you and we thank you for loving us first and calling us into your church. Help us hear you asking, Who do we say you are? And let our answers be given in the way that we live. Amen. Thanks for joining me on the Daily Grind. Hope to see you Monday. Have a great weekend. Grace and peace to you.